Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm going to give you the number, but I really, off the top of my head, maybe it's 109, maybe. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I usually just edit the graphics after everything's done, and then I realise what it is. Uh, I think it's 109. Uh, but anyway, welcome to yet another episode of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. As always, I'm the Undisputed King of the Mods, Flash Morgan Webster. For the next five minutes to the hour, to the hour and a half, however long this conversation with my first returning guest. This is my first returning guest. I say, I guess it is. Um, uh, I did have the swords on and then Paul Robinson returned singly. And I did have Chris Brooks on and then CCK returned. Well, Brooks returned as part of CCK. But I haven't had one guest as a single entity, which has then returned as a guest until today, she was my first returning guest for the first five minutes to the hour. Turn off, however long this conversation goes with my first return, singular returning guest, Tegan Knox this week. Uh, of course, she was Nixon Newell previously. Uh, I'll be your host, or as I like to say it, facilitator for these chats, discussions, gatherings with your wrestling favourites, or as I like to call them, my wrestling friends. Uh, this is a free podcast, comes to you every Wednesday. Uh, anywhere that puts out podcasts uh, dropped off SoundCloud now looks like everything's staying where it was as well because I moved everything over so if you are if you are listening on SoundCloud I don't know how you're listening but if you were listening on SoundCloud and you've had to move over apologies it just makes it so much easier for me not having to do SoundCloud so I apologise greatly for that uh, but yeah, it comes to you free charge every Wednesday. Best way you could support me, this podcast, is by telling everyone how much you're enjoying it, tweeting it out, uh, Instagramming it out. Of course, Twitter, I'm at Flash underscore Morgan. Instagram, at Flash Morgan Webster. Tweet at Tegan as well. She gives her details in the in the episode. But that's the best way to do it because, again, you tell people that the podcast is great. You tell people you've enjoyed previous episodes. Uh, it gets out there word of mouth continues to grow and grow and grow and of course then it opens more doors the more listeners that we have so that is the best way you can support uh, this podcast is just spread the word so if you enjoy this podcast please tell everyone how much you enjoy this podcast that's all I ask that's all I that's all I bloody well ask but yeah first returning single returning I'll get I'll just say returning uh, guest and it's a great one. So much, we, I, I guess we hash out in this episode how long it's actually been. I think we decided it'd been three and a half years, potentially. Uh, she reminded me where the first episode took place. And that blew my mind that it was still uh, in the old Dragon Pro facility when they were in Newport. So that means that while Bo hadn't taken over Dragon Pro yet. So that was years ago. Um and of course she hadn't been signed it wasn't even announced that she'd been signed we were keeping it uh, hush hush we couldn't talk about it on the podcast she reminded me as well but this is this is such a great episode to jump back in on we kind of reminisce, reminisce about old stuff she's somebody I've known now since the beginning of her wrestling journey I definitely met her uh, within 10 weeks of her being within wrestling which is quite nice because it coincides with Sierra Loxton another Welsh wrestler which I had on last week haven't listened to it go check it out and how their journeys have both been scattered with injuries. But of course, Tegan's has been a lot more 
joyful and she's had to overcome it and she has thankfully overcome it but it's a great episode it really is i'm not going to go into too much detail but we do cover everything over the last three and a half years and what a traumatic three and a half years it's been from signing the delivery to getting injured within the first week to then coming back from my injury to wrestling in the mortar points uh, uh, venue that she went to growing up to then kind of getting hurt again. There's little snippets, there's little exclusives in here as well. And it's just a lovely, it's a lovely chat. I got to sit down uh, with somebody I don't get to sit down and chat with a lot. And I got to chat to her for nearly two hours. So it's really, really nice. As I said, if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to tweet it out. That's the best way you can support this podcast. Tweet it out. Tell her how much you enjoyed it. Tell me how much you enjoyed it. We'll both retweet it, no doubt. And yeah, just keep sending the positive vibes. I guess that really does sum it up. So I'm going to lead in with sit back, relax and enjoy what really is a wonderful gathering with Tegan Knox, Nixon Newell, Steph. I call them multiple, these names doing this episode but enjoy it's great it feels like florida never really shut down no the only thing that shut down really was like disney which sucked because you know i finally got my disney annual pass and everything oh, shut did down. you really yeah like i had it for a couple of months before but i'd only just got into the swing of going very frequently and then it's like oh no just kidding i'm gonna shut down oh, thanks for that <laughs> Oh my god! Did you uh, did you know that uh, Blind Gwent had like one of the highest uh, areas of um, coronavirus in all the UK? Did it? Yeah, like real bad. The um, United Beaven Health Board. It was London, Birmingham, and then United Beaven Health Board that had the high, the third highest in the UK. Oh my god! Like I knew my mum said that. Um... Someone had her in her office, and then Newport was rife with it. But I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, real bad. The third highest at one point. This is why Wales hasn't come out of lockdown yet. We're we're, we're England's eased it. The Welsh minister refuses to uh, to bring him out because he still thinks that it's it's still too early. Oh, I I agree with him. To be honest, I think it's too soon still. I'm joined today, of course, by Nixon. Oh, no, see, Nixon Newell. Look at that. I'm joined today by Tegan Knox. Look at that. Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. Straight into it. Girl of many names. Girl of many names. Um, like you're going to be my first return, uh, return guest, and I guess the reason I want to get you on is because when I look at it's been over two years since you've been on your last. So much has happened in those two years. Like last time we spoke, you weren't even. Either you, I think you might have been signed and we knew you were signed um, on the podcast. We couldn't say you were signed. Yeah, because we were in that little shed in training room, in the little office room. Yeah. While people were running drills. <laughs> I think I think you, I hadn't returned from injury. I think you had just had the tryout and been told that they wanted to sign you. But yeah. then you were still in visa kind of, what's it called, you know, where yeah. you didn't know whether the visa was going to be, be okay and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that was crazy. Almost three years ago now. It'll be three years in three days. That's that time. It's it's so weird because you think about that time, and it does seem years ago that we were in that shed. But at the same time, it doesn't seem years ago that you were you were doing the Indies wrestle lot. Oh no, it's it's crazy. Like 
just looking back, like I was watching, uh, well, I saw some pictures the other day from the last attack show I did where I wrestled Shay. I was like, God, that seems so long ago, but it wasn't. <laughs> I think you, your, one of your last matches with attack was my real, it was my real epiphany moment that things were changing. Because I remember in the build-up, maybe it might have been like maybe your your third or fourth one before you ended, you had this great one with Demo, and Demo was the attack champion. Yeah. And I remember it would be like, I think, we you the inklings about, like, well, Pete had started doing Pedro Ruggi regularly and he wasn't there. Mark, I think, was still, yeah, Mark was still TNA, so he was all over the place. And we knew that you'd been signed. And I remember thinking to myself, I think you had a great one with Damien, and I thought, oh, this would be great, she could beat Damien here and she could be the first women to hold the attack belt. And then it dawned on me that you would been signed. And then it dawned on me that Pete was kind of traveling the world now and the market traveled the world. And it kind of like, it was like a really sobering moment that this, it was probably that year was the last year that all my mates were all going to be in the exact same place at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think that's when it hit home for me as well. Like just everything had changed so quickly for all of us. Um, and you know, you were starting to go out and do PWG too. And it was, it was just, it was cool to see it all happening, but it was also quite sad knowing that, like you said, none of us are going to be in the same place at the same time again. Um, but, you know, it was the start of something brilliant for us all, I think. Yeah, well, again, you look at all these people like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and all them lot, and you think to yourself, well, they are all now in the same place at the same time. It's exactly. just kind of taken a few years for them to end up there, and hopefully again, yeah, exactly. we, could, we could take over wrestling at the at a different level. Yeah. Let's talk about that moving out there. And how, how scary was it moving out to the States? Because you had lived on your, like, you know, partially on your own and stuff like that in the Welsh Valleys. But, you know, moving out to Florida all on your own. How old were you at the time? Oh, you're making me do maths now. Uh, <laughs> like I 22, think maybe? Yeah. I, yeah, I'd have been turning 23 that year. Um, it was... You know me, I've never been a homebody, like, I'm happy to, like, lay my head wherever, like, wherever I'm sleeping, that's my home for however long. Um, so it wasn't that scary in that sense where, oh, Florida's my new home now. It was more so worrying that I'm going to miss a lot by being over here. Like, I missed so many of my nephew's birthdays, you know, I missed the birth of my other nephew um I've missed Christmases at home and my birthdays so that was the only thing that I really was worried about moving over but luckily I had I knew like Shayna um who hadn't been signed at the time but I knew I was going to be seeing her soon with the May Young Candice was over here um I knew Char- uh, Charlie was moving to the exact same day as me um I knew Dory and a few other people were used, so I was comfortable. And I guess that was more of a security blanket for me to help take away the rest of the nerves, knowing that I'd have a family here already before I even came over. Um, but yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal for me to up and move. I mean, I the only thing I had at home was family. And my dog, I do miss my dog. But, you know, it was it wasn't that big of a change for me, but I can see why a lot of people, it is a massive culture shock. The only thing I can kind of like, with me personally, put it together is like, I moved 
of course, for university and stuff like that. Yeah. But I guess, the, again, the saddest part for me was moving out to England or whatever and, again, not knowing anyone and that fear of not knowing anyone. If I knew, that, let's say, that uh, board came to the same university as me or whatever, I probably wouldn't have been afraid. So, again, you breaking it down and saying you have all these friends already there, I guess, yeah, I guess that would make it a lot less scarier. What was it? What was it? What was it like um, reporting to the PC for the first time? Because nowadays, I guess it's a little bit different. Some people go do their tryouts at the PC and they get to see it beforehand. But you were maybe the last of that that kind of crop of wrestlers that had tryouts at a, a live show and then got signed and moved over to the states. So, what was it like walking into the PC for the first day? Oh, I absolutely packed myself, Gab. Absolutely packed myself. It was terrifying. Like walking in there now is. Like, it's still super cool, and I still get nerves walking in there, but it was like a whole new world when I walked through those doors at the first day because, obviously, you're dressed to the nines so you can, you know, make a good, uh, you know, present yourself well to people. Um, But I was terrified. But, again, I didn't know Charlie that well, but because I'd met her before and we were kind of friends at the time... um, and we landed at the same day. We literally drove in the same car from the airport to her where she was staying. And then, you know, it was, again, that kind of safety blanket going, OK, so I know this girl is going through the same thing as me. And then as I, the doors opened, I was like, oh, I know a lot of people in this class, actually. Like Marcel was in that class and um, uh, Zelina was in there. So it was it was cool seeing these people in the same thing and. That did help, but it was absolutely terrifying. It was ugh, more terrifying than moving for me. That was. It's like again, well, like uh, Charlie, of course, is Dakota, but it, it's so crazy when we we look at this, we look at this Dory thing our entire lives, and we're like, right, we want to get there, want to get there, and you do the indies, and little by little, but little by little, and then of course you get there, and it's it's so crazy myself that once you get there. The number of people you know who are already there, it's absolutely astonishing. Like, again, when we I've come over for those weeks and stuff like that, the number of people I know, and again, me and you know each other very well, but some days we'll go, like, maybe, I'm, if I'm over there for two or three weeks, we'll go, like, a week and I won't really see you or whatever, and that's because I already know other people and I'm hanging out with other people. And it's that, it's, it is mental how, along the indies, you seem to collect these, these friends and because everyone has the same goal and everyone has the same mindset. They all end up at the at the WWE at the same time as you, so you kind of know everyone. And I guess it's just that brotherhood of wrestling. Oh, definitely. Like even classes now, you see people that you haven't seen in years. Be like, oh my god, you're here too. This is great. And like when you guys come over, it's it's that little bit like like I've got my friends here and they're incredible. But seeing you guys come over and being able to hang out with you is like that extra little bit of home where it's like, oh, I feel way more comfortable right now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a brotherhood, like you said. There's, and you meet, like the people you meet become family, which is cool. Um, how long were you over there before the first injury happened? Um, I think it was less than 12 days. Yeah, it was super quick because, like, we did the orientation for, like, two days. Then we had a week where we had to sit and watch class. And obviously the weekend, and I think it was 
maybe the second or third day in the ring, like actual training, we we were running this drill. Um, and it was a normal drill. It was super simple. But on the last thing, we were supposed to, like, it was a lot of rope running. And then me and Charlie locked up. Um, as I went to twist to turn my back to the rope, my right foot just stayed planted forward, but my body just went the complete opposite way. And in my head, it was everything was slow motion and black and white. So I was just like going slowly to the floor and then I hit the floor. I was like, oh God. And then I cried, but out of panic. Like there was no pain. It was just panic. So I heard these pops. Um, and then Coach Bloom was in actually taking the class that week because I think Robbie was in the UK. Um, he came running over. I did laugh because he accidentally pushed a boy at the ring. He didn't mean to. <laughs> He's a big guy. Oh, he's huge. He's massive. <laughs> this guy was just chilling in the ring, but like the guy, the kid wasn't lit, like watching what was happening. So Bloom just like kind of pushed him out of the way and then came running over to me and he was like trying to comfort me and stuff. And, you know, he, as soon as I hit the floor, he was there, called boys over to help carry me to the medic room. Um, and Doc was like, you, you definitely tore your ACL. Like you're in pops and not being able to pressure on it right now. You've, You've torn your ACL, there's no doubt about it. So I was like, oh, God, what a great impression being here less than two weeks and already on the injured list. Um, but, yeah, it was super quick. Like, I couldn't even, like, I just dipped my toe in the water of WWE, and I was like, oh, this is this is it. I haven't even started, but now I've got to finish, you know? Well, yeah, so what was those thoughts? Did you, did you think, oh, this is me done then? Yeah, I thought they were going to see me as um not a liability but like oh we've just signed her and she's already hurt then nah we don't want her when she's fixed like this is she breaks out easy it's not something that we want but honestly they couldn't have taken better care than me um I had like I hurt myself the I want to say I hurt myself the Tuesday had um an MRI the Wednesday maybe and I was having surgery the following week like, it was that quick. It was ridiculous. And then the rehab afterwards, it was intense. But every, like, almost every week without fail, the coaches would check in with me. Like, Robbie was always in the medic room talking to me. So was Coach Bloom, Coach Amato. Um, even Triple H was, like, asking how I was a lot, which was really nice. Something that you don't expect to have from someone that high up. Um, but, yeah, it was... I thought they were just going to be like, you're done. But like I said, they took such good care of me that I'll, I'll be forever grateful for that. Like they didn't have to do that, but they went out of their way to make sure I had one of the best surgeons in America. How did you, how did you find the rehab? Cause again, like I feel like you're somebody uh, that's always been quite headstrong when it comes to injuries. I've been there when like you broke your collarbone and stuff like that. And, and we can definitely go on record to say that you're somebody that if a doctor says you've got to, you've got to take 12 weeks, within eight weeks you were back on the indies, even if I was telling you you shouldn't be on the show, you, you were still going. But like, how was it like having those professionals there and them saying, like, you know, telling you, no, you are going to be out for a year. You are going to have to rehab this properly. You are going to have to, like, it's going to be eight months before you're back in a ring doing anything at all. How did you find that compared to, the little bit, little bumps and scrapes you picked up on the indies. Um, 
like you said, I'm super stubborn and I wouldn't really listen to doctors back home. Um, but because I had to see these people every day and they weren't shy to tell me how it was. And like if I was slacking one day, they'd tell me or, you know, if I pushed it too hard the one day, then they'd make it not easier the next day, but kind of tone it down. Um, it's definitely something that I needed because if I had in my way, like you said, I would have been back way sooner than I would have. I should have been. Um, so I guess they were my brain in the situation. <laughs> um, and even had the girls telling me like, hey, don't rush back. It's like, you, you're so young, you still got this going on for you. And even the coaches are like, please don't rush back. Like, take your time, take as much time as you need. Just get yourself better. Like, this is not the end of the road. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard being told no. I guess when I'm always wanting to be like, yep, no, I'm good. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do that. So it just kind of calmed me down <laughs> and made me think about things and be like, Hey, if you come back too soon, you, this is it. Like you're going to be ruined. This make it as strong as you can. So it doesn't happen again. But, which in fairness, it didn't happen again to the right. <laughs> which we're getting to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were supposed to be in the first May young, right? Yes. So did you, were you able to go watch those tapings live or was it something you had to like kind of just stay at home for and then watch the, watch them on the on the network when they came out? So they gave me an option. They said that if I want to stay home, that's completely fine because I was doing rehab throughout the day beforehand anyway. But there were so many of my friends in there and it was the first ever May Young Classic. It wasn't something that I wanted to miss. Um... Like, my, the pain during that week was ridiculous because that's when I started to come off the pain medication. So being, like, walking around on crutches all day in this massive leg brace when I still couldn't put any weight on my knee was hell. But being able to see Candice, Charlie, Shana, you know, all these people that I love so much do something really really cool was well worth the pain and if i had to do it again 100 percent, i would i would not miss that for the world you're so headstrong because again i've known so many people that get hurt and they get so bitter so quickly that like i can't watch i can't watch this but yeah. the fact that you were like no no i'm gonna go support these girls that i love is again testament to how headstrong you are and how much you uh you think about your friends and stuff like that oh thanks, yeah. so how long were you out on that first injury? So the first one was just under 10 months. Um, I love how you say just under 10 months because, we, of course, we know what's coming next. Yeah. But really, that, that 10 months is, lo- is long. But, yeah, 10 months. Yeah. They usually say between six for, like, the ridiculous athletes, you know, like, frig- uh, just ridiculous athletes. And John then, Cena. Let's just say yeah, John Cena. Let's <laughs> say Cena. Um, but then a nine months for like normal athletes, whereas I had to take ten months because of like all the American holidays where we'd have a week off work and I could only do rehab in the house or like I couldn't get in the ring to do in ring rehab. So that just added the little extra time on. And there was a delay with my knee brace as well, like something I don't know what went wrong, but it was just a small delay. With that, so I had to wait that extra few weeks to get back in the ring. But, you know, it's it feels stronger than it ever has been, to be honest. 
Where where was the where was the first match back? First match back was in Venice, Florida, and it was myself and Dakota versus um, Raquel, who was Rainer at the time, and Vanessa Bone, which was cool because I didn't think American NXT crowds would know who I was, um, but I went out and this the group this group of people just started chanting "Welcome back" and you deserve it. And I was like, don't cry, don't cry. You're in the ring. Do not cry. <laughs> um, but it was super cool. And getting to do it with um, Dakota is, was such a, like, 360, considering where she was in the ring when I got hurt and we grew so close to that to come back and have my first match back with her was definitely a privilege, I think. I think I got really lucky with that girl. And, of course, I'm like, you knew that Aslot got signed, and then we were able to see you then at like Download Festival, and yeah. and again you were like you were back to it, and you were away you were away to the races. Then you were like, right, okay, let's go let's go smash this. Yeah, we had a little bit of a hiccup in Download where um, something happened in a match, and uh, I tore my my MCL in my right knee, which was completely opposite to what I did originally. But luckily, the MCLs healed themselves. Um, but, you know, I, it was kind of touch and go whether I'd be able to do the second May Young Classic. But I'm stubborn. I wasn't missing it again. There was absolutely no way was I missing it again. So I just did rehab, worked over it, and was in the second one then. Going into that second one, mm-hmm. um, of course, you had, a, you had a point to prove. You're like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go smash this. Yeah. Um, first first fe- a Welsh female on TV, on, on Dury TV as well. So again, I can't, that can never be taken away from you. No. Um, was, I know that like you were like a hot favourite. You were, and I spoke to, I spoke to Rhea a couple of weeks ago and the original plan of course was to, to for you to uh, advance over Rhea. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know uh, how far you were supposed to go in that original tournament? Yeah. Um, that's why it made everything that much more um, heartbreaking for me. Um, you know, it, I don't know how much I can say, but, you know, definitely going to the finals. Um, and I think, like, having knowing that the finals would be at Evolution, and I think the most heartbreaking thing was knowing that Molly Holly was going to be there. <laughs> Get to wrestle in front of Molly Holly and have her watch my match. Um I think that's what was such a heartbreaking thing for me. I was getting gonna go wrestle Tony, who the last time we had wrestled in front of maybe maybe fifteen, twenty people. Um and that's a push <laughs> to wrestling at the first ever women's evolution, um, in front of thousands and also in front of a ton of legends. Um, it was it was heartbreaking. Uh, I think that's more so than the injury was not getting that opportunity. Like like in fairness to WWE as well, they did pay for my flight to go and watch anyway. So I was at Evolution. I got to meet Molly Holly and you know meet all these legends and watch um, Dakota and Rhea have this cool match, which I don't think was ever aired, um, and see Tony and Io have this ridiculous match too. Uh, so it was still cool, and they didn't have to send me, but they 
they decided to and you know let me enjoy myself so this 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 talk about that injury then because i know like we i think we i can't remember who told me but i'm sure i cured about it and i remember maybe even laughing because and saying like that's not funny don't even joke about that yeah and because again it, it it looks like especially after the first injury it's almost like no like you get injured you get signed you're supposed to do the first may young you get injured 12 days in you then yeah. rehab it all the way through. You then go to the May Young, where you're in rumours and rumblings. You're going to the final and stuff like that. And then we hear then that you've you hurt yourself again. And yeah. we're like same. I think I even said to somebody like same knee, and they were like no opposite knee. And I was like no, you, right? So you've got to be lying to me now. This again, this seems it seems like if you were to write a tragic story, yeah, you, like it would. I would go to you now. It's too far fetched. One injury is enough. Don't do don't do two. Yeah. Um, but like. Let's this talk about that. You, like, you had these killer matches. You had the match with Rhea. Let's, let's talk about that match and, and how the injuries came into play because uh, you hurt your knee first and then, again, being stubborn carried on and it made it so much worse. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Okay, so, um, you know, I was super looking forward to wrestling Rhea. Um, we got quite close over the last couple of months before that. Um, and we were super excited, like, oh, dude, what if we get to wrestle each other in May Young? That'd be sick. And, you know, and eventually that that was the plan. And, you know, what we had would have been so, so cool. Um, so we started off the match with, you know, she swings her a water at me. I'm like, oh, all right, let's go. So I kick her, go for the dive. Um, which, obviously, you know, I've done thousands of times. Really? <laughs> like, um, and it just so happened that, like, it was a perfect catch, like, probably the best I've ever been caught, which was, you know, which was what surprised me. But um, looking at the footage, you can see that the ramp in full sail, obviously, you know, um, I think you, I don't know if you went on this old ramp before the new one came in, where it was really long. So where the floor met the ramp, there was, like, a little indent a um, little bit of a gap, and my foot just happened to land perfectly with my heel on the mat, but my toes on the ramp, so it was nothing in the middle with support. And my foot stayed pointing up, but my knee touched the ground, and I just yelled more than I think it was. Christ, I, don't, I can't even remember how many pops that there was, but um, I knew that my ACL was gone. I knew for a fact that that was gone. But I remember being told you can wrestle without an ACL. So I was like, okay, cool. Like trying to think, like trying to calm myself down so I don't freak out Rhea. Like I know I was swearing, but like (laughs) enough that they could, like no one could make out. And I just go to Rhea. I'm like, dude, my knees hurt. She went, what? I went, my knees hurt. She's like, oh, like what do we do? I was like, just listen to me. And she got back into the ring. So, you know, I'm trying to get back up testing how much weight I can put on there climb up the steps and I was supposed to jump off the top rope over her, land on my feet, roll through and then run into the dirty dancing lift. Um, so I'm sat there. The ref is in there. I felt bad because I shouted at her. <laughs> and she's like, you okay? You okay? I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she's like, you okay? I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> Doc came in um, and he's like, you good? I was like, Doc, my ACL has gone. I'm fine though. Like I can keep going. He's like, you sure? It's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Okay, I'm here if you need me. It's like, okay, cool. So I don't know why, and it kind of 
freaks me out a little bit to think about it, but I had this really weird calm come over me. Like, I've never been that calm in a match before. Like, my adrenaline is always going, but I was so calm. And in my head, I was running through the match still. I was like, okay, so I can't win this. How do we get to Rhea's finish? And I was just trying to think of a way to get to where we needed to be, where we could hit Rhea's finish and let her win that way instead of, you know, just calling the match and having a, like, advance in an unfortunate way. Um, So we did the chop spot and... I go to drop kick. I go to take a drop kick, and my left leg is just stays planted and just doesn't lift. Um, but honestly, and I know people say that like, oh, if she hadn't continued, then the injury would have been way less, um, not that bad. But I truly and hundred percent believe that my my entire knee exploded on that dive. I didn't make, like probably made the bone bruises worse, but I didn't tear anything else from carrying on in that match I think it was already gone so um you know I people blame the doctors for letting me continue but my knee was already destroyed um just I I had to throw up the x it was that's when the pain hit and that felt no pain until then pain hit and it was as if someone was just electrocuting my knee just constantly holding like an elect just electrocuting it um and that's when for me I was like I'm out of this completely now. I'm out of a job. There's no way in hell they're going to keep on a 24-year-old woman who has had two ACL surgeries. There's no way. It's not going to happen. But I just remember the arena being super quiet, like just eerily quiet to the point where I'm like, please make noise because I'm a very ugly crier. And I <laughs> unfortunately this. I've seen it many times unfortunately <laughs> it's so bad um, but they carry me out and they sit me down backstage and first thing I see is cameras in my face I'm like oh, I really don't need this right now please please go away but then I look up and see William Regal he starts saying some real nice things to me and then Triple H just like barges his way in and he's like comforting me, he's hugging me and he's talking to me and he's like, this is not the end of the road, trust me, like you, your career is still intact, you're young, you've got this, we've got so much ready for you when you come back, just take care of yourself Look and just get through this. And I was like, oh great, that's, that's a nice thing, like, you know, but I think the part that really sent me over the edge was Tommaso Ciampa was... 100% the first, one of the first people in the room. He was there with a bag of ice. And he, he was telling me, like, this is not it. Like, you're so young. You've still got this. And he was holding the bag of ice on my knee. <laughs> so he just sat on the floor talking to my ads. And then I saw Shana and Sarah come, Sarah Rowe come running in. Um, and they were just sobbing. And I have never seen those two women cry in my life. So I think that's what affected me a lot was seeing two people who are the strongest people I've ever met sobbing. Um, And then they carried me to the back of the medic's car. And and like Candice was there too. And she was in the makeup chair because she was crying from me getting hurt as well. Um, Like she did this interview about it and I've seen the full cut and seeing how much it affected her was also hard. Um, but she went out, she had her match, and the medics were nice enough to not 
drive the car away until she was able to see me again. Um, and she was like, I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to cry. She knocks on the window, rolls it down. And we just meet eyes and we both just start sobbing again. Like I just stopped crying <laughs> and now I'm crying again. Um, but like she was hugging me and she like, she kissed the top of my hand. She was like, um, go to the hospital, get checked out. Like just, just tell me how much she loves me as well, which was nice. And then went to the hospital and before I even got there, there was a, a room full of people waiting for me to come in. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, it was Nikki Cross was there, Sarah was already there, Shayna, um, Tommaso was there. It was crazy to know how much people cared about me. Um, but, yeah, it was, in a nutshell, it was intense and it was heartbreaking. But the most heartbreaking part was seeing all the people that cared about me so devastated. Like, that hurt way more than the injury, and it always hurt way more than the injury for me. I think the, the way you talk about those, everyone was there, and especially like the women, I think that's a real testament to why the NXT women's division became one of the hottest in the whole world. I think it's that respect that all the girls have for each other, and everyone wants everyone to succeed, and they all want to push each other, and they all care about each other and stuff like that. I think it's that which makes it incredible. But I think as well, the one thing you said was about like whether, whether the knee exploded fully on the dive or not, yeah, like you two are saying like, no, I'm good. ACL's gone, but I want to continue. Like the doctor can only act on what they know, and what they know at this point is you saying you think your ACL's gone, but you're in a yeah. you're at a point where you're looking directly. I'm going, I'm okay to continue. Yeah, and they've got to deal with what they're being given now. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing. Even if your knee, even if your knee hadn't fully gone at that point, I speak as someone here that I've had nothing but rotator cuff problems and other problems with my shoulder since. And again, if I had stopped that match with Sabre when I should have, the yeah. question there is, would I have got the opportunities that I've had since? Because I feel like I was the guy that got through that match. I had that match and that match was in its entirety. Whereas yeah. the, if I had stopped the match there and then I would have been the guy that kind of got hurt and the match had to be cut short. So I understand completely again, why you continued, especially considering You'd spent the the best part of nearly a year on the sidelines just before this and felt like, okay, this is my one opportunity to do good on show that I deserve to be here. So I totally I totally instantly get the calm thing's weird though, isn't it? Because I redislocated my shoulder against Damien uh this year. And yeah. um no last year, sorry. And when that happened, the first time it happened with Sabre was very much like, right, okay, um, oh, right, right, what do I do? What do I, um uh yeah, okay, um yeah. And then trying to get to it. Whereas this time it happened with Damien. And I went, my shoulder's out. And they were like, oh, um, what do you want to do? I went, let me see if I can put it back in. No, yeah. I can't. <laughs> and then they were like, what do we do? I went, send up the cabal. <laughs> and that was literally my call. It's like, we'll have a DQ finish. Send up the cabal. And like Damien's trying to like, and then as it happened, they all come down and start beating down on, on people. And then my brain realizes if they haven't been told that I'm hurt, and yeah. they come up and start, like, stomping on me. I'm going to be raging. So I think one of them maybe starts coming towards me, and I turn to the ref and go, tell them. If they touch yeah. me, even with a dislocated shoulder, I'm going to beat the crap into them. And then, like, the referee tells them they don't do it. But that calm is so weird. I think it only comes from, you know, that first injury happens, and you kind of, you're able to validate stuff and kind of process it a lot easier. Like, okay, we've been here before. We know what's happening. And I guess that comes down to experience and maybe a little bit of muscle memory as well. Your brain just going, we've been here before. Let's, let's get through this. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, I the only image I've got in my head right now is you just swinging this limp arm at the cabal. <laughs> it wasn't that good, trust me. It was just me kind of looking at them and going out. <laughs> so that just made me chuckle. Um, but, like, I think the thing about that match that irritates me so much is how much flack the medic team got. I'm like, no, I physically told them I was fine. It's on me if I did make it worse. It's not on them. Like you said, that they can only go by what they're being told. And I've said I'm fine. So, like, just stop blaming them. It was my choice to continue. Um, but I haven't been able to say that because no one's asked me that question. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely muscle memory, I think. And, you know, we just want the best for, for that situation. Like with you and Damien, you just want the best of that um, and trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, fair play to Rhea. She was an absolute pro throughout the entire thing. She listened. I think she was freaking out more than I was, um, but she listened to everything I said. Um, you know, and the fact she stayed in character afterwards was such a, like, at such a young age to be such a professional is mind-blowing and it's so great to see her doing what she's doing now um but i do remember when i was getting carried out before she hid under the truck they were just looking at me like with just this you could see she was trying to say she was sorry even though there was nothing to do with her like it wasn't her fault like she couldn't have caught me better um but yeah she she came over the week or so afterwards and brought her dog and brought some snacks which was nice and we just talked about it you know and I told her then I was like it's not your fault don't let anybody online tell you that it was or blame you because you did everything perfectly it was just a thing that happened like it was just an unfortunate incident you know how quick was the turnaround so what was the the prognosis then what did you do on your on your knee the second time okay so (laughs) (laughs) here we go <laughs> so it was a complete torn ACL. My MCL and LCL were also completely torn. Um, I had dislocated my kneecap and popped back in on the dive, which is what caused all the tears. Um, I tore one meniscus in two places, another one in three. Um, I fractured part of my tibia, and the PCL was just about hanging on. <laughs> did, did they say that it was possibly the worst, worst knee injury they'd ever seen? Because that sounds horrific. Um, no, they never said anything like that. Um, I don't think even they expected it to be as bad as it was. Like they said, the surgeon said after surgery, um, one of my meniscus, the one that was torn in two, um, he said it had like a lightning bolt cut down there, which, you know, being a big Harry Potter fan, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> pretty cool though. But he said it had wrapped around like a, and the way he described it was um, like a balloon animal, like it'd just be twisted. He's like, I didn't know if I was going to be able to untwist her and fix it back up again. He said it was just that messed up. And he said the other one was just completely in three, so it was easier to fix. But, you know, it was definitely a more intense surgery. I ended up having two surgeries on that one knee to try and fix it. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely way worse than the first one <laughs> you don't do anything by half do you no not no. at all no i gotta make an impact you know that <laughs> wrong way <laughs> so 
they, I guess they couldn't tell you how long it was going to be until they got in there and done the surgery. And when they'd done the surgery then, what was the prognosis? What was it like? Okay, how long did they say to you how long this is going to take for you to rehab? Um, They weren't too sure. They knew it'd be over nine months because of the extent of the injuries. Like, um, they managed to fix the ACL and meniscus. But, like, like I said earlier, the LCLs and the MCLs heal on their own. Um so they just left them as it was because otherwise it would have been way, way longer to um, come back from. Um, I couldn't put weight on my leg at all for almost two and a half months. And then I had to learn how to walk again. Um, still on crutches, but like minimalistic weight. And then like we got rid of a crutch and then eventually got rid of them both. And then I had to go back in for another surgery because we hit a roadblock where some of the stitches in one of the meniscus had popped. So we couldn't bend my knee as far as it should have been at the time. So I had to go in and get that restitched. And they took out like some scar tissue and stuff. So without that surgery, probably wouldn't have been able to come back um, because it was just that much of a hindrance being able to bend my knee. Um, even though it added like an extra month or so on. Um, but yeah, it ended up being, I think it was well over a year before I came back. Like I think I was in the ring at maybe eight months, but they were not letting me out of that ring and onto matches until they were completely sure, which in fairness them is the right thing to do because it's quite a common injury to hurt your other knee after tearing the one ACL. Oh, is it really? Yeah, because you rely so much on the opposite leg throughout rehab. Like, it just starts to it's wear and tear. Um, so, like, they drilled her into your head, like, after the second one went, like, I was not allowed to lean on my right foot as much as I used to. Like, I had to balance her. Even if it hurt a little bit when I could put pressure on that leg, I had to, like, square myself off so I was using both legs so we didn't so I didn't have the same thing happen again to the right leg. But yeah, it took me it took me over a year to come back with Alan, which was heartbreaking, especially having to watch the May Young in my house. <laughs> that was that was hard. Well, I know, I know we spoke about this before when it comes to like, and we both come from families where uh, mothers definitely do not want us to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, what was what was Mum's reaction after the second surgery? I know the reaction after the first one. What was the reaction after the second surgery? Um, second one, to be fair, in, right, I want to stick up for a little bit because, in fairness, I rang her while I was on pain medication. <laughs> with the time difference, so it was about four o'clock in the morning. Oh, God. I had this normal conversation with her, not even about, like, oh, I've hurt myself. I was just having a normal conversation with her. And then the Sarah grabbed my phone. She's like, no. Hey, this is what's happened. And my mother's like, okay, tell her to ring me tomorrow. I was like, okay. So I rang her the next day and she was like, how are you feeling? And we talked for a little while. And then she was like, can you, can you just not do it again? Like, just don't get hurt anymore. Could you keep ringing me at like obnoxious times in the morning? Like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'll try not to. But yeah, she was, she was upset, but she knows what this business is, you know, and there's always risk of injury. And she's so confident in my friends and 
know how much of a family we are that she wasn't that worried. Yeah, my mum was very much saying the first time the shoulder came out, I think she was, you know, hey, I think maybe you got to knock it on the head. It came out the second time or whatever. And I was like, I might have to get surgery again. And she was like, well, you know, you've done it before. You can rehab again. <laughs> she was just very, very relaxed about it all the second yeah. time. So, Well, there's, you know. Yeah. Well, um, when did you return on the second one? So the second one was, I want to say, maybe August-ish? Because I heard it on August 9th. And then I think I came back towards the end of August um, of 2019. Um, And that was in Orlando, which was, you know, an easy drive for me. Um, And I was in a tag with Jesse Kamea against, I want to say, Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. Um, So it was a nice tag match again. Again, the crowd were... Way more receiving of me this time because the majority of them were there when it happened. So there was a full 360 for them. Like, oh, we were there when you've hurt yourself and now we're here with your return. So that was nice. Um, and, you know, a couple of the girls, like Jessamine, came to watch, which was super nice. Like, she didn't have to do that. Um, and Rachel Ellerin came to watch too. Um, but, yeah, it was... I think it was end of August, I think. So just over a year being out. I think it was because I think you did the return there and then TV return was Cardiff, right? September, yeah. So like, yeah, the Cardiff one was end of August too. And then the NXT one over here was September. Yeah. So how did it it feel? So like you got yourself back on it and then they say, okay, we're going to have you do your TV return uh, in the Mortar Point in Cardiff, the same venue you would have gone to as a child and watched WWE. How'd that feel? Oh, that was that was incredible because, like, over that 12 months was probably the worst 12 months of my life. Like, I grew into a really dark depression. My anxiety went from just being a social thing to being an everyday thing. Um, I grew into really dark places and fair play to WWE, like, they put me straight onto a therapist and they were, like, they paid for that, like, they were incredible and Triple H would ring me now and again, which was insane and all the other coaches would call me, um, so it was really, really tough and they, they, they were nice enough to send me home, like, a week or so before tapings because they knew I was struggling and, honestly, that was mainly down to Dakota and um, Candice going up to him like, hey, she needs to go home. You need to let her home for a while. Um, and they did, and then they were like, hey, so when you're home, you're going to wrestle in Cardiff in the Motor Point Arena. I was like, wait, what? I thought I was going home for a holiday. At <laughs> <laughs> your rest, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, it was... It was nice because, like, obviously you've met my parent, like my mother and stuff, and she's always seen me at like attack or you know like one of the indie shows where I'm wrestling the guys in front of what was it like? How many people fit into Kate's? K- like a hundred and something, maybe? Yeah, yeah. The the lot. I don't think she ever came to the bingo, the revamped bingo oh, hall, but yeah, the smaller ones would be like one fifty, <laughs> maybe two hundred. Yeah, so like that's all she'd seen me and. I was expecting just like, 
her, my sister, my brother-in-law, and then my nephew. And in fairness to my sister, she sat throughout the entire thing, nine months pregnant, like ready to pop. Those are long shows when you're not nine months pregnant. I know. And she just sat there throughout the entire thing. But like, it was just a clan of my family. And um, it was so incredible, like just sitting in the seat before the show started where I sat to watch wrestling the first time I was there. And being like, I'm going to wrestle you later. This is where I used to watch people like Molly Holly and Kane and Mickey James and all these other people do really cool things. And now I'm here wrestling in that ring where they did. And wrestling one of your good friends, Kaylee Ray, as well. Yeah, like it was such an incredible experience. Like, I honestly can't think of a better person to have wrestled that night than Kaylee because the first knee surgery... Um, she flew all the way out here to look after me. Like, she up and left her life in Scotland for a couple of weeks. And, like, it overlapped with um, the May Young, but my mother was did everything in her power to pay for Kaylee to come over to look after me. And Kaylee was incredible. So having that experience with her um, was something I will never forget. And, you know, we both had a cry afterwards and, um, my family just couldn't stop thanking her. I couldn't stop thanking her. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have Kaylee as one of my best friends, which not many people get to have someone that incredible in their life. Um, you know, and we went out and we had one of my favorite matches. Um, it was, and just hearing the crowd's adulation as well was crazy to me, as if they knew this girl from Bargard. <laughs> who's now in the biggest wrestling company in the world, wrestling in Cardiff in front of everyone. Like, this shouldn't be a thing that's happening, but it's it's happened and it's such an incredible experience for me. And it was probably one of the best days of my career and it was something that I definitely needed to help with the mental health stuff for sure. Like you saying that then, I'm not even, I'm not lying, I had goosebumps, I still got goosebumps now, it's just, again, that thought you're saying, like, this young girl from Bargoids, who's now, you know, in the motor points, she's travelled the world, she's had these two experiences with huge knee surgeries, she's come back, and now she's wrestling for the biggest company in the world in that venue, like, this shouldn't happen, and again, it's, it is mental to think about, to think about where you've come from, to think about you starting off as Miss Ruby. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I had to get in because, again, I listened to that last episode. I had to get in because the last episode is so funny when we, we talk about that. But to start off as Miss Ruby and, you know, you're you're doing these matches on Welsh wrestling where it's, you know, a, uh, you're an attraction, it's an attraction match. You're not seen as yeah. anything more than, than an attraction match. And then you, you end up becoming one of the, the best wrestlers to bar, like, Regardless of gender, you come out of you're one of the best wrestlers to come out of Wales, and then to do the full the full triumphant return in the biggest venue that we have in the country. Again, like you say, these things shouldn't happen, but it's happened because it's a true testament to to you going out there making it happen. I think as well, like another big thing for me that day, and like it was super important, was having you guys there, like you, Mark, and you know all these people that have helped me to no end when you guys never had to help me, but you all took me under your wing and stuff. 
So being able to have that experience with you guys and like hang out was something that I'll never forget. And coming back and seeing yours and Mark's faces and reactions was, you know, it's, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Like you, like you guys didn't have to do anything for me, but yet you took me in as one as your own and helped me get to where I am. And I'm forever grateful for you guys. Like you pushed me to the ends and like always tested my abilities, but always in a nice, like family way. Like, like when you tease your younger sisters, like, oh, you can't do this or watch me, watch me sunshine. And then, you know, like you knew fully well I could do things, but you know, so I'm grateful to you guys and I'll, you know, you've always got a big place in my heart about that. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. But again, you say it, it's, 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 I say it to other people and I am not going to name names. Like there's people out there that will continuously go up to and try to give feedback and advice. And we, you know yourself, we don't give, if we know it's a lost cause, if we know we can, we can give somebody feedback and they'll nod their head and go out there two matches later and they don't apply any of it or behind our backs they'll roll their eyes or whatever then we again we don't go out we don't give the feedback we don't do it but with you it would be we give you something or we tell you something can you go out and try it and again not all our feedback would work but you come back and be like yeah that was great thanks or you come back and be like boys you have got this completely wrong i'm never doing that again but again it's it's i think that's the whole well scene there's there's a reason why again you've you've picked Danny Luma there's a reason why she's out there smashing at the moment is because of oh. this scene that we've built and I say we and I don't mean me Mark and Hitch and whatever I mean we as in me Eddie Mark Bo yourself and everyone else who's come through those attack doors we've we've kind of made it that Wales has become one of the hottest hubs in British wrestling oh definitely like the impact like when I when I started with you guys it was so small it was literally just attack and dragon pro and now you know wales isn't just seen as like oh the welsh scene like we made such an impact on the european scene that people want to come to wales <laughs> which is not something that many people want to do um but yeah like just going back to danny luna like the stuff that you guys have helped her with is ridiculous she's 100% on the top of my list. If I ever go back to NXT UK, I want to wrestle her because that woman is just a ridiculous talent. Like, fair play to you guys. Like, the training you've done at Dragon Pro, like, even with me was great. Like, the things I learned, like, I still apply them to this day, but she went from, like, zero to 100 real quick. I can't take any credit with that, really. That's all Danny Jones and, and while Bo and Mark Andrews, I just do exactly what I did with you and just tease her and tell her she can't do stuff. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, again, she's the motivated. So, but they teach her stuff. I just, I just, I just, uh, I just belittle her every chance I get. <laughs> well, it works, you know. <laughs> um, but let's talk about, like, you had that match with Kaylee and things yeah. are just, things have just absolutely escalated over the last six months. Mental things. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, I still don't believe half the things that have happened. I look at photos, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Like, it's like, just... I know, like, this, like, I, I had a list of things I was going to talk about today, because, again, yeah. I'm trying to prep with these. And while we were talking, I realised there was a, mi- a big thing I missed off, and I'll get to in a second. But, okay. um, yeah, like, this, this this isn't the thing I missed out, but let's just talk about, let's talk about war games for a start. Yeah. Like, being in the first all-women's war game, like that's that's absolutely mental. Like I've never been I've never been in a cage match full stop. You've now been in a war games on yeah. WWE. 
<laughs> well, uh, you, you technically didn't make it to the cage. No, right, I was in it. I was on the graphic. You were in the match. Yeah, I was in the graphic. Yeah, you were um, in the graphic? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it was crazy because, like, um, we got told at a TV taping that this is happening. And, like, Triple H was kind of high, like, gathered us who were in there. And, you know, he's like, so we're all going to be in um, this big war games match. And we're like, wait, what's that? Wait, excuse me? So like, yeah, we're having the first ever women's war games. You guys are all involved. Um, and then he told, like, he took, like, Mia to the side and was like, hey, this is what's happening, but don't worry. And he took me and Charlie. He was like, hey, this is what's happening with you guys. Like, we're going to start something massive from this. But even to be thought of, like, oh, yeah, these people would be in this ridiculous historic match, which is one of, like, that match was insane. The women did so incredible in there. I'm stood backstage, like, just sobbing. I've cried so much in this company, <laughs> but I was just sobbing, seeing all my friends just doing this incredible match, and, you know, I couldn't have been prouder to just be involved, like, even thought of to be involved, let alone kind of be in the match, you know? It was, it was mental. I love the fact that, like, this, the idea with you and Dakota was so far thought out. Um, yeah. And I'll say, I'll say on you that, like, 30 seconds after it happened, I messaged you instantly. Yeah. Because I didn't know, again, I didn't know how it would be perceived by you that, like, because, again, it's such a weird thing with wrestling sometimes where you can have a match like this and then they can say, okay, you're not actually making it to the match. You're going to be taken out and that's all you're going to do. And sometimes with us being wrestlers, it's a bit like, oh, but, man, I want to do something crazy off top of the cage or... And I know exactly how you are and how you can be when it comes to that sort of stuff. Because I did think going into it, I was like, oh, she's going she's gonna to do something mental and hurt herself. I'm so worried about this. And a part of me was really happy that you didn't get that chance. <laughs> but, but also, like, I messed you straight away and said to you, like, that was absolutely incredible. And I said to you that I felt like that did so much more for you than being in our War Games ever could have. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think you were one of the first people to message me, to be honest, if not the first. Um yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was like, I was gutted when they're like, oh, you're not going to be in there, but we've got this idea. So me and Charlie were like, okay, we're going to take this and we're going to run with it. We're going to make this, like, as best as we can. And she's such, like, such an incredible wrestler that just the facials that she had when she was like, you could see a switch was oh, it gives me goosebumps. Like, even watching the video packages before we went out and wrestled, we were both like, oh, man, like, we did good. We did really good. And we had, like, as soon as we came back through the curtain, Triple H was there, Stephanie McMahon was there, you know, they were all there going, that was such a good job, like, da 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 And, um, like, Kevin Owens is there going, that was incredible. These Like, these people that never have to say a good word about it were, like, that was the business you know like that was really really good which definitely helped with not being in the match because we were able to make such an impact in the space of a minute yeah we all we all of course we all love the moves but yeah like but it's those moments you had a moment there which is like a wwe moment it's the ones where you talk about with your friends 15 years on i think like i did i was speaking to somebody recently about the the 
Kevin, uh, Kevin Nash and Triple H Hell in a Cell. And all I talk yeah. about, I, like, I can't recall the match that well anymore, but I can recall the build up to it. And I can recall Foley getting beaten up and counting the three because he was special guest referee and Triple H continuously yeah. beating him up and him counting the three. It was one of those moments where it's like, you talk about that War Games match. And yeah, there are a few moments I could rattle off the top of my head, which are big re- wrestling move moments. Yeah. But the moment of the entire match is that turn. Yeah. And. Like I said, Decor is such an incredible talent that like you could just see this the switch like just snap. I was like, oh man, she's good. She's really, really good. <laughs> so like you guys got that like you got that run. You've uh luckily was it I think after yeah, it was uh, it went you went live to the USA after yeah. war games, right? Yes. So you guys got to do the payoff live on, on the USA Network. Yeah. So we went because like before that we were, we did some stuff on SmackDown and we kind of, sorry, my dog's having a nightmare. <laughs> That's okay. Um. Yeah. We were got we were on SmackDown. We kind of had to somewhat tell the story. Like we're still a tag team right now. Like there's no. Can just say right? I've literally completely forgotten that their flights got all like messed up, and then you guys got all got called up to do Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that. And you made yeah. it, look, look at that. This six months has been absolutely mental. Yeah, like what was supposed to be like a one-off thing in SmackDown, where you know people's flights were messed up, so we gotta go and do this. Turned into, I think I had two matches on SmackDown, and I was ringside for another one. Like. What is that? What am I doing there? I sh- that's not a thing that should be happening. But there I am wrestling um, Mandy and Sonya in the first one. And then the next one, it was an eight-man tag where it was me, Dakota, Mia, and... Um, was it Rhea? No- mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it was Rhea. Um, against Sasha, uh, Dana, Carmella... Ah, Nikki, like, what is that? Why am I in this match? <laughs> but yeah, and then after that, we went to um, War Games, and we did, I think, USA was before that. Just before, maybe? Yeah, because the first uh, match ever on USA for us was the women's four-way. Um, and I hadn't made my NXT debut yet. Uh, that's right. You are correct. You made your you made your debut back on live TV on USA. Um, but then we went to we did the war games thing where I was off. I was on the shelf storyline wise for two months. So just before Rumble, um, and then came back to the Battle Royal, and that's when the story of me and Dakota really started to take off. I think where she cost me the number one contendership for Portland. And then Rumble happened, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing I completely forgot about. Like, as, I, as we were talking about, I was like, I, I, was, I was lucky enough, me and Mark had gone and done some t- uh, signings in, uh, in London, and we were coming back. And I think, like, we were, Mark had it streaming on yeah. his, on his, on his uh, phone. But luckily we, we caught it or whatever. But again, f- first Welsh woman to ever be in the in the World Rumble. A Rumble, Gavin. I was in a Rumble. What is that? 
It was crazy because we did Worlds Collide the day before. And me and Dakota had that little schmoz thing where I speared her through um, the barricade. because Which Rugby was Sports. great. My mate who loves wrestling messaged me when you could tell their friends. They just batted each other. <laughs> I was like, oh, friend, do you mind if I rugby tackle? She's like, no, go for it. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, so that happened. And we had to go straight from there to where the rumble was being held. And I walk in, I'm like, oh, my God, it's my friends. Like, seeing so many of them, which was cool, to the point where I hadn't even noticed that my hero was stood across the side of the room. I hadn't even realized that. I was too into my friends. Um, and then Candace comes up, she's like, have you seen us over there? I'm like, no. So I look, I'm like, oh, no. Don't cry again. This woman always sees you cry. Stop it. Stop it. So I just walked up. I was like, hey, it's nice to see you again. She's like, oh, my gosh. Like, being super nice. Um, and then they start giving out the numbers and Molly's really early on. I think she's number three. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to get in the ring with Molly Holly. And then I see Beth. I'm like, oh, it's Beth Phoenix. I know I see her every week, but I never get to wrestle her. Oh, let's see if this works out. <laughs> and then it worked out that she was in the ring when I was. I was like, I'm taking a glam slam. I am. That's all I need. I just want to take a glam slam and I'm good to go. I don't need anything else. <laughs> and... You know, she's so nice and so lovely. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, no, what do you want to do? Do you know who you are? <laughs> like, I will just beat me up. I don't care. She's like, oh, no, I want to take some of your stuff. I'm like, okay. If I could take a glance slam. She's like, you want to take one? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, like, being able to be in the rumble is one thing, but then also wrestling someone that I also look up to with Beth Phoenix in front of someone else that I look up to, like my main hero, was bonkers and is still bonkers to me. Like afterwards, Molly Holly texts me and was like, God, your bump in the rumble was so good. I was like, oh, what is happening right now? <laughs> think, think about that sentence. Molly Holly texts me. Yeah, she texts me. Exactly. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, she's, that's the thing that happens sometimes. <laughs> It's mental because, like, she gave me a number when I was hurt, when I was coming back from the second knee. Because I always wanted to ask her, I think I told you about this like years ago, where I wanted to ask her to use permission to use the money go round. Um, I never really wanted to use her on TV unless I had her permission. And she was like, she got Coach Bloom to text. Well, she asked me to call her, and I was like, I'm not calling you. That's not a thing that I can do. And not seemed like an idiot it's not happening um so i text her instead and you know she gave me permission to use the molly around and then she just texts me now and again to see how i am and how is wrestling going which is insane same with beth just text you now and again going how are you like and they're always willing to help like i've messaged them both and asked for matches to watch or to, for critique and they're happy enough to help like it's insane how helpful these women are when they shouldn't be that helpful. Like, they don't need to be that helpful. But the nicest women I've ever met, 100%. Which in turn then makes you want to be, like, it's all about paying it forward, isn't it? It's like there's so many moments in your career where, like, we all have it where somebody who you know doesn't have to help you or be nice or something like that, and then they are, and you're like, well, anyone else you've met who's been a bit of a, bit of a, Ask. Yeah, a bit of an ask. Then uh, thank you for finding that word for me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, 
yeah, then you kind of it makes them even even bigger ask. You're a bit like, well, if this person isn't like that, then you have no right to be. I think the one for me was like when I met Devitt, and I was like, at the time he is he was doing his run at New Japan. I was like, you're the you're the best junior heavyweight in the world, and you're the nicest guy ever. Nobody yes. else has an excuse to be anything but the nicest guy now because you're the standard. And I think yeah. again, seeing these women that you look up to, that as you say, have, have, have achieved everything you can in this business and achieve so much outside of it as well. And they're still so happy and still so hungry to pass on the knowledge that they have just makes you want to do the same. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like when we used to tape before all this and we'd have TVs weekly, like Beth was always so nice and just wanted to talk to people. Like even if it wasn't about wrestling, just wanted to talk to people. And, you know, she's come into skull class quite a lot to give critiques back. Um, but even after my match with Dakota at TakeOver, uh, she came backstage when they'd finished and found us in catering and was like, that girls, that was such a good match. Like, are you guys okay? Like, you look like you killed each other, but you're all good. And like, yeah, she's like, it was so, so good. You guys did incredible. We asked her for feedback and she was like, I can't critique that. <laughs> she's like, I've done, like, that was just not something I can critique because it was it was really, really good, which blew me away. I was like, no, please give me something, please. <laughs> I want to learn more, please. But, you know, she didn't have to do that either. Like, you just call my match a takeover, but you've come back to find us personally. Like, such a nice woman. So what's next then? Because, like, again, we use these six months as a thing. We've, you've done a war. You've, you've gone to a, a great angle with one of your best mates. You've come yeah. back from two injuries You've yeah. done a takeover. You've done a rumble. You've done SmackDown. Yeah. What 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 goals? Because again, you're I know you're one of these these people like myself who is very goal oriented. What are the goals next for for Tegan Knox? Um. Obviously, Mania is a big one that we all want to do. Um. So I think that's where I'm setting my head to next. But my like the one thing I want to do is just wrestle my friends and have fun like there was ever since like you know I was diagnosed with like depression and anxiety I just want to make myself happy and have fun more than anything now like I have achieved more than I could ever possibly imagine I was going to achieve like you know I the takeover with Dakota in the street fight and then we had a steel cage match on NXT TV a couple of weeks later which you know, six, seven years ago, women wouldn't even be having cage matches on t- pay, uh, on pay-per-views. But now we've just had a street fight and now we're having this sort of match. We've just broke two boundaries there. Um, but other than Mania, I literally just want to have fun with my friends and travel as much as I can. I think that's, that's brilliant. Again, I, I've used it before... Eddie Dennis once went to me and I think it's something that's always stayed with me um, we're on maybe it was like the second coach we'd ever done with WWE and he said that uh, when he was a kid if somebody would asked him what his dream was he would have said my dream is to be a pro wrestler yeah. and he said but if somebody asks him now what it, uh, before he, if somebody asked him now what his dream was and if he's achieved it his dream would be to be a pro wrestler with all his friends because he yeah. said when he got to Dury, the one thing that made it even more special was all of us were there. And he yeah. realized that when he was on the indies, he loved wrestling, but the shows that 
his friends weren't on weren't as enjoyable or oh. the matches he, when he got to wrestle his friends it was the best time ever so like his dream has become to 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 be a pro wrestler with all his friends and i think that again is when i thought about it i thought yeah he's, he's totally 100 percent right the reason that we enjoy it as much as we do is because we get to enjoy each other's company as we get to achieve this crazy dream yeah legit i think i've wrestled either wrestled with or wrestled all of my friends except for maybe two since i've been here um and that's because it got called up before i go back into the ring um you know with sarah and ruby um but yeah that's all i want to do is just wrestle my friends <laughs> and i'm lucky enough to be able to do that um on such a big stage as well which is not something that like i said earlier a girl from bargood should be able to say <laughs> where can they find you on the internet Okay, so Twitter and Instagram are the exact same. Um, it's at Tegan Knox WWE underscore because someone stole Tegan Knox WWE. So I've had to I was bored. I'm sorry. I'm real sorry. I was bored. You knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're both the same. Both the same. Um, it's been absolutely great to chat to you. And I have no doubt that by the time I speak to you again in three years' time, you will be able to tell me about how you main evented WrestleMania. Oh, thank you, Flash. I appreciate it. It was lovely to catch up and only get interrupted by the dog once. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say how much uh, of this would feature Blue, but I'm glad. I will say, <laughs> as much as I do love him, I, I'm glad that it was only the one interruption. Yeah, she, she just scares herself sometimes because <laughs> she sleeps a lot. Oh, bloody good was that? Oh, so good. As I said, it's it's such a lovely episode because I a I get to sit down with one of the people that I saw all the time used to be really kind of uh, a close part of my friendship wrestling circle, and then went away and and again it's great whenever we're over there and again she says she gets to see us but she's on the other side of the world and we don't get to see or speak to each other as much as we used to and as I said there really was a turning point for me when she had that match with, with uh, Damien Dunn, Chief Deputy Dunn, at Attack. And I was like, oh, it'd be great if she won the Attack Pro Wrestling Championship. And I don't know if I'd be... I was back on injury at this point. I think I was on my way. And I realised, oh no, she's getting signed. And I heard whispers and rumours. Uh, well, Peter kind of started doing uh, Peter G. Lots and he wasn't around. And Mark had as well. Mark didn't... I don't think he lived in this country still at the time. And was back before TNA, and I just slowly realised that my my wrestling circle was like it was the last time that we'd all be in the same place at the same time. Of course, it'd be great that we've all kind of met each other up at WWE now, and we're all there, and we're all moving in the same direction. But it was a it was a moment that kind of you know it's almost that bit when you kind of in school and you realise the last kind of the last couple of days of sixth form or year eleven or whatever it is or high, however it is in America, and you're like, oh, this could be the last time that we're all kind of in the same place at the same time moving at the same pace and of course you do go on to bigger and better things and life does change but there are moments that are quite sad like that and if this was wonderful this conversation for me to sit down and chat to her uh because i don't get to do it very often but also just great conversation because you hear again we've all seen the the special about her on the network and of course that's been chopped and edited and it's fantastic if you haven't seen it go watch it but it's something so different to listening to a raw conversation and hearing her feelings 
and hearing about how heartbroken she was and how doubtful she was and how low she got. And she talks about her mental health and her anxiety and her depression so openly on here. And it's a lovely chat. And again, they heard her on to say that she was supposed to go to the final. Whether she was supposed to win it, that's another question. Again, something that we can debate and talk about. Was she supposed to win that May Young Classic? Was she somebody that would have gone on to challenge Shayna Baszler? Would we have had? Would she have come to NXT UK? Maybe Tony wouldn't have won it. Maybe uh, we would have had her challenging Rhea. Maybe Rhea wouldn't have even got the push that she did. And it was supposed to be Tegan. Oh, so many variables there that kind of changed everything. And if she ha- she maybe she would have been the first person to, to hold gold, uh, Welsh person to hold gold in the WWE if that had happened. And it would have changed what happened to me and Mark. It's it's such a it's such a crazy thing. But the best thing about it all is the fact that she's had those injuries. She's done it miles away from home, and she refuses to give up. And she overcomes, and she's defiant, and she's triumphant. And tonight she wrestles Sasha Banks and Bailey for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, which in itself it's crazy live on the USA Network so definitely go check that out and yeah it's just it's great isn't it it really is and I really look forward to when she has to go get her visa sorted out when I get to see her during that week she's somebody that we've we've we we were close because of the rest of the circles I feel that time away has made us closer whenever I see her it's great to hang out with her in America and it was great to chat to her here and a great conversation really was so big thanks to to Tegan, to Nixon, to Steph, to Steph for coming coming on the show. If you have enjoyed the show uh, this week, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, go back and check out the other ones. Great episode last week with Sierra Loxton. Uh, Rhea Ripley's one, which I guess coincides a lot with this, was three, four, four, four weeks ago. Uh, so definitely go jump check that one. I've had Ricochet on, I've had Edge on, I've had Alex Shelley on, I've had Matt Seidel on. Uh, who's who? Foley. You could go through the you go through the archives. They're all on, uh, they're all on the, on the interweb. Um, yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, but the best way you can support this podcast, of course, if you enjoyed this week's episode, is tell people about it. I'm at flash underscore morgan on the Twitter. She, of course, she just said her intros and outros of what she is. Tegan Knox on Twitter as well. Go check that out. Go tweet it out. Tell everyone how much you enjoyed this episode. Uh, chuck it on your Instagram stories I'll share that out as well and at Flash underscore Morgan on there and just you know spread the word tell everyone how much you enjoyed this episode it's a great episode and that's the best way you can support myself and support Tegan is by by doing that guess that wraps up another episode I'm not going to drag on for too long um, I've got an episode that I'm recording tomorrow which I guess technically is today probably if you're, as you're listening to it now on Wednesday or I've just recorded an episode which is uh uh, one with somebody I don't believe does a lot of these. I'm not going to give any clues. I already do have one in the bank uh, for next week. Again, not telling who that is, but it's a love. It's another great episode. We talk about mental health. We talk as little exclusives in there as well. So, yeah, I'm just having fun recording these. I've got one or two technically lined up, uh, which I'll definitely start hunting down in the next week or two. As I do, then only have two in the bank, so I definitely need to make sure I've got a few lined up. But yeah, big thanks to Tegan Knox for coming on the show. Big thanks for everyone for listening. If you've tweeted out, if you've done any of that, really do appreciate it. But 
yeah, all that's left to say is I've been Flash Morgan Webster. This has been Wrestling Friends. And uh, it's always a pleasure, always a treasure. And bye. Thanks for stopping by. Stay safe, people.